to the Heart of Medicine, a podcast where three doctors take you on a behind-the-scenes look at what life in medicine is really like, inside and outside the exam room. On this show, we talk about how we're navigating our work lives, our personal lives, and what taking care of patients is really like, minus all that glamour you see on television. I'm Dr. Pyle Coley, host of the show, and I'm joined today by my co-hosts, Dr. Hari Naidu and Dr. Suzanne Barron. Hey, guys. Hey, Pyle. How you doing? Good. So, guys, today, since we are all cardiologists and supposedly experts in matters of the heart, I figured we should talk about other matters of the heart, talk about our love lives. Now, this is something that should come easy to us, right? Because really, we're intelligent human beings who should know how to navigate this. But as we all know, doctors, and especially cardiologists, and Suzanne, among them, especially female cardiologists like us, have some of the highest rates of divorce out there. And we continue to fail over and over again in our personal romantic relationships. So today, I want to ask you guys the question, is medicine a toxic mistress in each and every one of our relationships? And if so, what can be done about it? So guys, what do you think? Why why is it so hard for us doctors to maintain healthy romantic relationships and others? And are we just doomed to fail because of our profession? I think part of the problem in medicine is that it's kind of deferred. You uh, go through medicine very goal-directed in terms of your academic career or your clinical career, where you want to be. And there's an assumption that the rest of the life will fall into place just as you go along. And I think that's a tough assumption to make, especially if you're, you're, you're locked into a certain community where you see the same kind of people all the time and you don't get the opportunities to really explore the rest of your life to really make an organic connection with somebody else. So I think that's part of the mistake that we have to, we have to uh, teach those behind us that I really do think that you have to prioritize your life at the same time as your academic career or your, your clinical career and make sure that uh, everything is moving on the same pace. So I completely, um, you know, I agree, but I think there's also a little bit more to it as well. I mean, I think one of the things is, is when we're in medicine, we're in training, we get so, I think a lot of us, not everybody gets so hyper-focused on what we're doing. And I think that sometimes can make you become one-dimensional and you're just focused on what is my work and my work is, is medicine. Um, and so it can keep you from developing outside uh, interests or even, and, and part of that is developing outside relationships. Relationships take work, but we're focusing all of our energy and all of our work onto training, onto our patients, onto getting to the next step. Um, and so I think that that also contributes. But, but Suzanne, we have to do that. I mean, think about it. Like internship, you're drinking from a fire hydrant. You're taking the ultimate responsibility for another human being's life. And I would argue that it might be irresponsible for us to think about, you know, leaving Mrs. You know, Jones high and dry in the emergency room because we have to get to an evening with our significant other or what have you. So I, I feel like in a way, of course, it is the culture of medicine to be hyper-focused, but, but it should be because we're learning an incredible responsibility. We're taking on the challenge and the privilege of being somebody's physician. And to do that requires the ultimate dedication and sacrifice. And, and other people, in my opinion, should, should understand that. You know, if you're in a relationship with somebody else, they should understand that you're working towards a greater, bigger purpose and a bigger goal. And they should give you a pass for working those long hours because you're doing it for the sake of somebody else, not for your own gratification. Yeah, but I think, you know, 
I've been, this is almost my 20th year out from, from fellowship and training. And now looking back, you know, I, I trained before the work hour rules. So we were working a hundred hours a week. And I think there was a large sense of responsibility to stay there until the work is done, take care of all your patients. But I, I kind of agree that the work hours, uh, limiting them have allowed us to realize that other people can do some of this work. Uh, you know, I'm an international cardiologist. Other people take those kinds of calls as well. It, it doesn't always have to be me. And what are we sacrificing by by always being that go-to person uh, for our patients is that we might be sacrificing our hobbies, other things that we find interesting that make us a multidimensional person, that make us the kind of person that can attract another human being in a relationship. I mean, I think you make such excellent points there that one is that is there something fundamental about becoming a doctor that changes the way that you interact with the, another person? Because maybe it's not all about the hours. Like it's easy to blame and say, oh, you're working so hard. You have so many hours, so you don't actually have time, you know, to see somebody and develop the relationship. But if you actually look at the medical literature, and this was a study that was published in the formerly the British Medical Journal, that found that, you know, female physicians, of course, have a much higher rate of being divorced, one and a half times more likely than male physicians of the same age. But female physicians who worked a lot of hours got divorced more than ever. But male physicians who worked a lot of hours, that was actually associated with the lower incidence of divorce. So somehow I don't think it's all about the work hours. And I think it also could be, Hari, to your point, about our personal development as people, as human beings, and and our interpersonal relationships and interactions with others that don't get the attention that they deserve because we're so busy focusing on learning medicine. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think there's a lot to unpack, you know, in that in that study in particular, when we think about, you know, the women versus the, 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 the sex differences in that respect. I mean, I think one of the things um, that I really focused on is, is that, you know, I got married later. Um, I am married. It's my first marriage. Um, we're happy, but I got I got married later. I got married uh, at age 35. I was uh, completely done with my training and in my first job. And I think about how I am a different person um, or how I became somewhat of a different person during my training. Um, and I do think that some of my training made those things happen. There are some things that I think I'm better about. I'm I'm I think a little bit less melodramatic than I used to be. And I think that's probably helpful in a relationship. On the other hand, I might also be a little bit less patient than I used to be because, you know, I'm used to, I also am an interventional cardiologist and I'm like, things got to happen. We got to get this done right away. Um, but either way, this, the, the, the spouse that I picked, um, he kind of, he only knew me like that. And I do think one of the things that's difficult is, is that you think of if you're with somebody when you're 25 and then you go through all of the training that you go through, do you change during that time? And does that mean, uh, mean that you may end up growing apart from that person? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to call you out for a second because you mentioned you're on your, you know, this is your first marriage, which I think is humorous in a way, but also a sign of, you know, what we deal with in, uh, in medicine, which is as a high rate of divorce. Uh, you know, those who know me know I'm divorced. I've been divorced for a long time now. And as I look back on it, I think there's no question that I spent a lot of time in my early career really putting together the fundamentals to make myself um, what I perceive to be successful at this stage. And it's hard to know if you could have been just that successful or not without putting that kind of effort to, to Pyle's point. Um, and, and that's what's hard to do. It's hard to juggle and know that everything's going to work out. Um, the other point I want to make is that a lot of it, especially that, that, uh, that study about gender, I do think that a lot of it's about expectations. And in our society, there's no questions that the expectations of a husband maybe different than the expectations of a wife. So I'm curious to see what you both uh, ladies think about that. 
You know, I'm so glad you brought that up, Hari, because, you know, as a woman and as a woman who's who's been single, so I, I've never been married. And I, I and I often pause to think about why that is. And, and I know a big piece of that, if not the entire explanation for that, is the profession that I chose. Because, you know, almost every friend that I have from undergrad and, and such went a different path. And and my path would have been their path, but medicine ended up becoming my not just what I do, but my identity. And I think that that took on its form sort of during my training when we spend so much time doing it and it becomes a reinforcing sort of behavior. And, and then it becomes what you're all about. And one of the reasons it's been so challenging for me to meet somebody else, and, and I do believe that that study is very accurate, is because of what you just said about gender expectations. Because as a as a female cardiologist who owns my own pra- practice and you know is independent the expectations for me at home for many of the men that i meet not all but many of them have been some of those sort of traditional gender roles about you know cooking the dinner and making sure that you know you take care of the house and, and i'm a little obsessively compulsively clean so the house is not an issue but but i've never cooked in my entire life and it's not something that in my 40s i'm going to pick up just to please somebody else to try to sort of fit into those gender you got to move to new york new york nobody nobody cooks in new york <laughs> maybe that's the, the secret expectations are very low don't worry <laughs> maybe that's the secret but you know that really makes me think that i should really only be dating other doctors because in a way they get me they sort of understand the restrictions of the job and the profession and, and the calling of the profession that it's more than going out to dinner or going to a movie or you know having plans with friends or something bigger that you're accomplishing when you're a physician. I think there's some truth to that. Um, I think I've gone, I've, I've, look, I did, I dated a lot of doctors uh, before I got married. Um, well, that made me sound really horrible. I hope my mom is not listening to that. Um, just got some more I, viewers right here. I actually, well, I, I can attest to that because Suzanne was wait. my intern when I was a medical student. I got the inside scoop. <laughs> But um, I dated doctors. I'm not married uh, currently to a doctor. He is a he is a non-doctor, although he has picked up enough of the lingo at this point that, you know, when my pager goes off, he turns to me and goes, is it a STEMI or is it a balloon pump? And I'm like, oh, that's cute. It's neither of those. It's ECMO. Anyway, anyway, but he um, he's uh, he's picked up enough of it. I think, you know, in some ways for me, it's been really good to be able to compartmentalize Um that, you know, I can come home and talk about some work stuff, but I there's obviously a limit because if I start going into, well, I was taking this wire down the coronary artery and this non-compliant balloon wouldn't pass and he has no idea what I'm talking about and he shouldn't. Um, but I think that's also where I have my, you know, where I kind of kind of call me, you know, my, my work spouses, which actually have both guys and girls who I consider my work spouses that I call up and say, this case was really crazy or this was a really tough day for me. Things didn't go the way I wanted them to or I had a great save. Um, and I kind of talk about that with my my other in my other marriages. And so I think it's kind of fun when you talked, we started this off pile by talking about his medicine a mistress. I think in some ways it kind of is because I think about the fact that I do have, you know, my work spouses, my work husband, my work wife, uh, you know, at, at work to talk about some of the stuff. And then I come home and I can kind of be a, a you know, I'm, I can never separate completely from medicine because it is my identity as well. But I can have some uh, kind of a little bit of a break from it too. Yeah, I think this whole topic is very, very interesting in terms of dating uh, another doctor uh, versus dating somebody outside the field. I've done both. Um, I was married to a doctor, a very highly successful doctor. I think one of the benefits of marrying, of being with a doctor in a relationship or in a marriage is that they do get you. They do understand what the effort was to get to that point. 
they understand the lingo. They understand when you have to go in the middle of the night, uh, why that is or exactly what you're doing. Um, and so they can put things in perspective in terms of, of, you know, what you're building and what, what possibly can take you away from being at home with your kids and your family and all that, and all that, which is, you know, really unreasonable in any other field. On the flip side, dating somebody outside of medicine, it forces you to divide your life and not bring work home. I found that. And also it forces you or forces me to then learn a lot about uh, a whole nother field or a whole nother area such as art or music or something else that they're doing. And it allows me to be more multidimensional. So personally, I haven't really, you know, as I've dated, I haven't really focused on one or the other, but in general, I tend to date uh, outside of medicine these days, it seems. You know, that's very interesting because I'm finding myself increasingly, not just in terms of who I date, but also, you know, my closest circle of friends tends to be physicians. And for me, actually creating that separation in a way makes it more challenging because what you want is to be able to sort of, you know, rant about the, your day at work or talk about a complicated case. And and, and to, I guess the point that both of you are making, that probably is one of the reasons that medicine is such a big part of my life and I don't have those healthy boundaries is because I do allow it to sort of penetrate into my personal life as well. Um, but I find it very interesting because just in, it's just an immediate rapport that you somehow almost feel like you connect with this person on a different level because they've gone through residency, they've gone through fellowship, their days are like your days, they understand the hassles of you know, dealing with insurance companies and, you know, all the things that that we deal with during a regular day for us. And they could sort of help you vent about that stuff and just listen better. And I think that you look, I think you're making a really good point about that, Kyle. I mean, when I think about, you know, when I've had, you know, a really bad day, a patient outcome that wasn't what I wanted, you know, frankly, the, the person or the people that I'm calling are folks that are in medicine. It's not that I don't come home and talk to my husband about it and he is wonderful, but I know that there is only, he understands it up until a point. Um, and at a certain point, I do want to talk to somebody who knows what it's like to have that same sort of outcome or that same sort of frustration or that same, you know, same sort of, of emotion that goes along with some of the, you know, life, literally life and death uh, discussions that we have. So I, I can understand that. And I think, I guess, even though I am married to someone outside of medicine, I my closest friends are all are all in medicine. My college roommate ended up going, she went to medical school um, and is a pediatric immunologist. Um, my uh, She was maid of honor in my wedding. My man of honor in my wedding is a cardiology uh, cardiologist. He's an electrophysiologist as well. So I've managed to kind of surround myself with, you know, with, with doctors as well, even though I, I, I live in a house with uh, with just me being the only doctor in it. And, you know, it's funny, Suzanne, because I think back to medical school and, you know, I was dating another medical student at Harvard and and I everybody thought we were going to get married. He was Indian and, you know, my mom was over the moon and, and things were going really well. And he said to me one day that he wants to be a cardiologist. And then he said to me that he thinks I should be a pediatrician. Because two cardiologists together would have a very hard time raising a family and doing all the things that we should be doing. And and it hit me like a ton of bricks because I've always been talking about this kind of intimacy and compatibility and everything that develops as a result of two doctors kind of immediately knowing each other. But it never really occurred to me that there's also there's some competition. There's your career, whose career is doing better, you know, right. especially if you're in the same discipline. So it was just it was just a shocker. And of course, needless to say, we didn't get married. But, but, you know, <laughs> 
you know, but it was funny is that like in that interaction, that person's idea of a work-life balance is to have somebody else do the life part for them, right? And so the whole gender role issue overlays the whole work issue. And rather than both people trying to figure out how to integrate work and life, they went back to a, a more stereotypical way of looking at it. Which but, but guys, this is our life, right? I mean, I, I'm I'm on a bunch of dating apps, and when I date men, that's that's a reality I'm faced with every day. There, there's either an intimidation about what we do and our profession and, you know, uh, worries that they're there, they will be overshadowed. Or there's this kind of egotistical sort of a behavior when it comes to gender roles. I mean, I think it's a reality. Oh, I mean, it clearly is a reality. I mean, when you said he suggested that I'd be a pediatrician, the first thing that I, I mean, I almost just blurted it out, but I didn't want to interrupt you was, well, what, well he could be a, pe- be a pediatrician too. Why is it that you had to give up your dreams of being a cardiologist? It's true. It's a reality. You're right. The gender the gender roles are a reality. And I think, you know, I'd like to hope that, you know, in a hundred years, if, you know, if there's three docs who are doing a similar podcast, if podcasts still exist in hundred years, that, you know, we won't be having the same sort of, uh, you know, gender realities that, or gender discussions that we're talking about right now. But you're right. That is, that is something that, you know, whether we want to admit it or not, absolutely overlays uh, what it's like to be specifically a female physician in a relationship. That's one of the challenges of, of two doctors. And so, you know, it's funny hearing you guys because most of my close friends are outside of medicine. And I think it's because I have very strong hobbies and other interests where I interact with, with large communities of other people. And so that shared interest is, is just as strong as my shared interest in cardiology and medicine that I have with my colleagues at work. So I've sort of had this life where I have all my my work friends who are really here and at other hospitals maybe, and certainly uh, those of you who I meet at the conferences, and it, that's my work family and we have so much fun there. But then when I'm hanging out in New York, it's always with you know my friend, most of my guy friends are either people in the comic and comic hobby who are all bankers and lawyers and businessmen at this point, they're not doctors. Uh, and then I have a lot of friends from college and medical school all over the country and they're the people who kind of ground me. Hari, are these hobbies that you developed kind of you know, after your career sort of got set on its path, because I think that's an important thing to yeah. think about. Uh, some it's of not them something are, we can do in training, you know? Yeah, no, some of them kept, you know, that's a great question because I was really passionate about the comic book and comic art hobby. And then I definitely took a hiatus during the peak part of my first 10 years of career, but then I made an active effort to get back involved in it. So, and then some of the other ones kept going the whole way, like my college friends and those people. But, and then some of them are newer, like I do more, you know, Broadway and theater and do other things in the city and expand my horizons and those things. And I meet a lot of different people along the way. I go to art galleries in New York, uh, receptions and things like that, that I get invited to. And I, I guess I just make the time. I'm, I'm always running around, but it, that forces me to interact with a, a larger amount of people. And I found that that has been very interesting to me. And, and that's probably why I date outside of medicine, because I am so interested in learning about so many other things. And I really don't want to talk about medicine when I'm at home. You know, it's funny. It begs the question of whether we should really be changing the culture of medicine from the inside out rather than, you know, waiting till our career is sort of set on its trajectory and then developing some of these non-medical interests. But should we really in medicine, knowing that the majority of healthcare providers across the country are reporting very high rates of burnout, depression, you know, suicidal ideologies, actually leaving medicine as a result of just how much of a demanding mistress it is, should we be changing the culture such that 
we are teaching our trainees, our interns, our, our residents and fellows to start to prioritize their personal relationships. You know, I have strong feelings about this because I'm I'm in love with medicine. It's the first love of my life. And I feel like, you know, it might compromise the care that I give to my patients if I spend a large portion of my time prioritizing my personal life. But but I wonder on a bigger spectrum philosophically, might it shift how we think about medicine and how we practice medicine in the future? You know, I think we're all integrated. At, we're not just doctors. We do all these other things. And so I'm just thinking about my fellows that I train here and other places that I love hearing about what's going on in their life. I like doing uh, going out uh, socially and as part of the, you know, it's still a mentor-mentee relationship. It's still making them see that you can do all these things. We did like a push-up challenge in December, which was really, really popular. And it showed that you can balance health while working. I think they have to learn early on, and we all have to learn early on, that just because you spend more some time exploring other sides to your personality doesn't mean that you're ignoring your work. Um, in fact, it may enrich your work because you become more energized, less burnt out, and you have more to offer your patients, perhaps. Okay, I just have to jump in. How'd you do on the push-up challenge? Uh, pretty well. <laughs> Very well. So I so, came in second. There was about 15 people. We posted it on Twitter. We did a lot of push-ups. I did about 8,000 push-ups in 30 days. 8,000. Yeah, well, so <laughs> I agree with you. Can you do the math. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing the math in my head right now. So here's where I'll go with that or how I'll kind of follow up to that is, is that you know, I agree with you. I think being well-rounded does probably make us, you know, is going to make us be a better doctor or better doctors for our patients. But I think the reality is, 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 and I think where you guys are both going at this is that all of these things take time. And so the question is, what gives? I think, Kyle, what you're saying is, is, you know, so what's given a little bit is, is, you know, you're finding a relationship, right? For me, a little bit what's given is, I can tell you right now, I can't do 8,000 push-ups. I'm not sure I can do eight. Um, you know, I haven't been real great at self-care. And so I think that's where I've kind of, that's where I've lost a little bit or given a little bit, um, you know, and and I think I think it does come down to priorities and how you prioritize your time. And we all prioritize things differently. And I think that, you know, I think that's probably a good thing, but also makes it difficult as well. You know, I love that because I think the narrative that you can have it all is a false narrative. And I think you you we shouldn't necessarily be trying to have it all. We should instead be sort of figuring out what has the most meaning, what has the most reward and makes us the happiest and really prioritizing those types of things. Because I do think it is it's impossible for us to be doctors, be the perfect partners, be perfectly in shape, be involved in self-care, be making time for all kinds of hobbies. I think that that is a very challenging thing for most people to have. And then and then that that whole feeling that I'm failing somehow because I don't have it all is also makes that whole situation a little bit worse. So I think taking a step back and just saying that we make choices and they're difficult choices, and but it's okay because there are personal choices that work for us. Yeah. And also I think you can, it's one of those things that there's that uh, statement that you can't have, you can have it all, but it, uh, but just not all at the same time. And so uh, I'm here 20 years out. And so there's no question that early on, I couldn't have it all. I had to focus more time. Uh, and I think that is important for doctors to, and our patients to know that we spent a lot of time getting to the point that we're at so that later on we can have a more vibrant life doesn't mean that you ignore it at every path, but like you said, there's some choices you make along the way, and it might be that you want to focus on the relationship early on, then later on, 
you pull back your health into it and, and then explore some hobbies when you, when you've established yourself, like you have a practice there, you know, we have our own programs where we've established enough so that our bosses, uh, can look and say, well, they're successful. They're doing everything that we've asked them to do. And now they're in a, a steadier state where they can add on to that. Well, guys, I, I've really enjoyed this discussion and in celebration of Valentine's Day, which is a day that we really want to nurture our heart emotionally and physically. I think it's, you know, as heart doctors, it is just such a fundamental concept for us. And, and I want to thank you both for sharing your thoughts, your insights and your experiences. And I want to thank our viewers for listening. Please do write in with questions, comments and reactions. Uh, tell us what your challenges have been, whether it's been, you know, dating a doctor or being a doctor and navigating relationships and tell us what you'd like to hear from us on our next episode. So thank you again for listening to Heart of Medicine. And this is Drs. Coley, Barron and Naidu signing off. This podcast is sponsored by Asperion Therapeutics. Asperion Therapeutics, providing the next step in getting patients to their LDL cholesterol goal. Visit www.asperionscience.com to learn more.